you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Filipkowski, and today we're talking about MCDC, Motor City, Dan Campbell, aka the GOAT of Coaches, aka I'm going to smash your kneecaps in. Joining me today to talk about the greatest football franchise in the history of the NFL, Thomas Ladosi. Thomas, welcome back. <laughs> Great to be back, Michael. We got a great topic. Yeah, you know, I, I felt that, you know, I was giving the Lions so much praise. I did have to, you know, like measure that out by saying, you know, they haven't won anything ever. So, um, Thomas, give us your give us your thoughts on Dan Campbell's first season as head coach. What, what were your thoughts? I mean, off the cuff, Michael, I have to say it was probably one of the most entertaining two or three win seasons I've ever seen. Was it was it two or three wins? How I think they, they ended up with three because they beat the Packers at the end. They beat That's the Packers, right. Vikings, right. and um, Cardinals, and then they tied the Steelers. There were three thirteen and one. Three thirteen and one. Yeah, definitely the most entertaining three thirteen and one season I've seen in a while. Yeah, amen I mean, to that. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. He did not have much to work with in terms of a roster. You nah. know, you trade Stafford away, you bring in Goff, clearly they're rebuilding. Right. And I think, you know, he. I think he did a reasonable job. I think everyone knew they were going to be bad. So he definitely had a level of job security this year. But I, I was impressed a little bit with what I saw. Honestly, like, I know the wins weren't there, and I know, you know, there are going to be people who clearly don't watch the Lions, who clearly don't watch football. We're going to tell you, well, Dan Campbell's a terrible head coach. They only won three games. Well, first off, they were in, like, it felt like they were in every single game that they played. Right? You watch the Lions, like, on red zone, and it always felt like the Lions was coming down at the end of the table. They were competitive, right? And it felt like, you know, there were, I mean, that Rams game was reasonably close. They they came all the way, almost all the way back against the Niners at the beginning of the season. Like, the Lions, I thought, played a lot of very high-quality games this season. And, you know, <clears throat> obviously they had some stinkers, right? You know, they lost the Eagles by, like, 38. But the Browns, they lost by three. Um, they lost the Bears by two. They lost the Falcons by four. Like, I felt they had some very strong games this season where I thought they looked very, very good, like, just playing. And obviously there were some games that, hey, we knew they were never going to win. Like that Broncos game going into Denver after Demarius Thomas died, no chance they're winning that game. They, I mean, you know what I'm saying? That was a – they have a very bad matchup problem because essentially what the Lions do well is almost nothing. And what they're very bad at is quite a few things. 
So I, I think he did a good job, like, because it felt like they were at least moving the ball. They were competitive. They were fighting, right? They played like every yeah. snap with heart, which was which was actually really nice to see from a team that wasn't very wasn't very good. I mean, arguably their best players on the team were entering the season DeAndre Swift and Hawkinson. And I'd say, you know, at the end of the season, I'd say DeAndre Swift had a good season. Jamal Williams had a good season. Trey Hawkinson had a good season. Owarie had a great season. He was incredible this season. And Goff, I thought, was better than better than I thought it would be. I mean, listen, he didn't have a lot to work with. But I felt that they used, like, Amon Ross St. Brown and guys like that very well. So kudos, kudos to the Lions. And by the way, I mean – the Lions were better at the end of the season because Dan Campbell was calling the plays too. You know, like, I think something has to be said about that. Non-offensive guy ends up calling the plays on offense. And it felt like Goff looked a lot better. It felt like, you know, the offense was running a little bit better. So I thought it was a good season. So let's talk. What, what do you think Dan Campbell's biggest strengths are right now? Um... I think the first and foremost has to be as a, as a motivator, as kind of a leader. You know, he's he's the type of guy who'll get you to go to war for you, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, the whole kneecaps quote, we already talked about that right. a little bit. But that, that's legendary. Like, if my coach was saying that, I'd run through a wall for that guy. You know? Yeah. No, I would too. Absolutely. Continue. Yeah. And, I mean, I think the intangibles, he does very well. You know, his presence, he definitely – has, you know, he holds guys to a high standard and he can get the most out of players. I think what's good, he's going to need some help from his GM, obviously. I, I agree. He's going he's gonna to have to make some decisions in terms of his assistance and, you know, mm. who he brings in on that staff because clearly he had to take over play calling duties. And, you know, he did a solid job, but I don't think Dan Campbell particularly wants to be the play caller, nor do I think he necessarily should be. Right. I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, he's got to get a guy in there that he agrees with, that he's on the same page with, that he trusts, you know, to handle that offense. And I think watching him build his staff and build something in Detroit is going to be very interesting because, you know, I think this year was kind of a mulligan year no matter what. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Like, I think that kind of no matter what happened with the Lions this year, unless they were awful, the players hated him, and, you know, they, they just – they didn't function well. I think he might have been fired, but they looked really good for a three-win team, as you said. Like they were, they were probably the my favorite three-win team of the season. I liked watching them better than all the other bad teams, right? The Giants, Jets, uh, uh, Jaguars, Texans. Like I felt, I, I had more fun watching them play um, than any of those teams, and. You know, I think the thing with the Lions is this is a, it's a deep rebuild, right? This isn't like, you know, a couple players. I mean, you really have to, like, the whole roster's got to be taken taken apart and put together again. And I think, you know, I guess my concern is, like, going forward, and it's not really a concern. I just, you know, the expectations were so low this year. I wonder what happens when, hey, you know, the expectations are to win, you know, five, six, seven games this season, whether that's next season or two seasons. And I wonder if they can actually do that. I mean, the bar was, you know, basically, hey, win a couple games, you know, don't, 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 
don't be terrible. And I, I think they did that. But the bar was so low this year, like, what, what's going to happen when they raise the bar? And I think that's my question. So, you know, talk to me. What, what do you think the Lions need to do? You know, obviously they have a lot of places they need to improve, but what, what, what are some of the key places you look at where you say, hey, Lions need one of these guys? Uh, for sure. I mean, quarterback is the biggest issue, yeah. for sure. Um, I mean, I think Jared Goff played well. I think you can win with Jared Goff, but I think you, it's not worth having to invest in the structure and what it takes, you know, to be successful with a guy like Jared Goff. I mean, we saw Sean McVay, who's probably one of the most innovative coaches we've seen in a while, move off of him pretty quickly, you know, because he didn't think it was worth the time and the effort and the scheming it took to make Jared Goff a Super Bowl character. And by the way, they gave up, you know, tons of first-round picks for him. I mean, it was a massive, massive deal to get off Jared Goff. I mean, this was not, you know, no no small effort. I mean, this was a, a, a move by the Rams that said, hey, this dude sucks. Like, we need someone who can, you know, who, who's not a complete liability. And, you know, whether Matthew Stafford is, is that or is not that, Remains to be seen, but I agree with you, Jared Goff. He he does, you know, he's a solid quarterback. He's not, you know, he's not crazy good, but with a great team, he. I mean, listen, led led the Rams to a Super Bowl. I think, like, I mean, if the Lions managed to create a great team around him, I mean, maybe they could do that. But I don't think that's what you want. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that's what you want to have. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I don't think Dan Campbell is on the level of Sean McVay in terms of scheme and play design and yeah. play calling. And that's no, not a slight against Campbell. That's just not his strength, you know? Yeah. And I think Goff definitely needs a coach like that to really, you know, be a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Right. And I agree. And I think, like, going forward for the Lions, I mean, obviously, it feels like there's so much to fix with them. Almost. It feels like they have so many places where they're like, oh my God, I mean, what, where do we even start? And, you know, let's not pretend like next season, hey, this team is not going to be a winning team next season. All right. They're not, they're not winning nine games next season. I think seven, if they win seven games, I'd be impressed. I kind of, no matter what happens this offseason, their cap situation ain't great because they're still on that load of that huge Jared Goff contract. They still have a horrible run defense, and by and large, their pass defense is pretty terrible. Their wide receiving core is incredibly weak. I, I, I like Amon Ross St. Brown, but he's a rookie, and they don't really have a true one. I think he can be a solid two, but I think a one for him is, like, too much uh, at this stage in his career. I, I look at them, and I think, well, you know, they have Panay Sewell, who had a great season, by the way. I think that was – I mean – it was, it was pretty much pretty much a can't-miss pick, to be fair, yeah. right? I mean, it was either him or Jamar Chase, I believe. They were getting one or the other. Um, yeah. And by the way, both of those guys would have been can't-misses anyway, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, what you would have seen is Jared Goff taking more sacks but probably throwing some deep balls to Jamar Chase. But, you know, Panay Sewell was, was ridiculous this season. I mean, he was – pretty much literally as advertised that is exactly what he was he came he went out there and he was like no i'm not gonna allow a sack like for a while like it's just not gonna happen he was incredible and i think you know the running back core i mean listen they got like three or four good running backs like they really do it felt like when deandre swift went out i was like 
likes this teammate, you know, they're not doing anything special. And then Craig Reynolds off like wherever. I don't know where he came from, but he's pretty guard. Pretty he's pretty good. And then when Swift came back, I, you know, lost my fantasy championship because there were too many cooks in the kitchen. So, you know, Swift didn't get his carries. It was it was unfortunate, but a good problem for the Lions to have, right? And I think Trey Hawkinson is going to be there for a while. I mean, he's a really solid tight end. I think he's a bit underrated just because his stats don't reflect how good he is because I just think that the offense in Detroit doesn't run through him, and I think it should a little bit more. Um, I think their defense, though, listen, they got Adam Hutchinson or, or what was it, uh, the other guy, the other uh, defensive end. Yeah, I think that's who it is. And honestly, they have no pass rush. Their defensive line, I think, might be one of the worst. Like, like it might be a travesty in the NFL. I, I don't, I couldn't name you a single person on their defensive line. I mean, it's just it, they're they're bad. I mean, it's not it's not a good defensive line. They got Trey Flowers, Michael Brockers, um, Nick Williams. Like, I don't know any of these guys. Like, Trey Flowers had an okay season, but definitely down from last year. So, you know, talk to me. Where where else do you see, like, hey, you know, where else do you see this team needing to improve? You know, Michael, I think one place that is definitely a glaring need is secondary. Mm-hmm. I think having Jeff Okuda not live up to expectations and, you know, with his injury this year especially, I know, I know it's only been two years, but I don't really see him being a – top three corner, you know, or a corner worthy of the third overall pick that they use to select him. No, I mean, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, missing on a pick like that is brutal in terms of the development of that position group because, you know, you depend on that guy coming through. So I think they need to find a way to get some quality guys out there that can play. No, I'm not sure how they do that. You know, as you said, they're probably getting a pass rusher, as I think they should. I mean, and, that, and that's the thing with your Lions. It's like, well, I mean, you really can't miss with a pick because you need literally every every position, right? Yeah. It's not like, well, you know, we don't need a defensive end, but, you know, that's that, – I mean, literally, if we don't take this guy, we're going to be laughed at. It's not like that. It's like, well, you know, pretty much need everybody. So I do think they need to spend some time looking at that secondary, though. But I feel like if you don't spend time in that secondary, you know, if you spend time there – your wide receiving core is still going to be pretty, pretty bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for sure. And it's kind of like pick your poison. And I feel like because Dan Campbell's more defensive minded, they probably should lean defense. I mean, that's what I would do. Right. I mean, it seems like offensively you're going to be stagnant with golf with a rook. You know what I'm saying? Like either way. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you have a but you need a you need a safety. I mean, Will Harris is literally the ninety third out of ninety four graded safeties, um, and yeah, that's not what you want. No, and Tracy Walker is forty uh, fourth out of ninety four. You probably need a linebacker because Alex Anzalone was eighty second out of eighty eight qualified linebackers, Ooh. and Jalen Reeves Mabin was thirty eighth out of eighty eight. So I mean, both of them. You know, especially Anzalone, bad seasons. I mean, like, by the way, interior defensive line, they need the – unfortunately, they need that too because Michael Brockers literally just had the worst season of his career, graded 120 out of 127 qualified 
defensive defensive uh interior defensive lineman and uh nick williams was graded 93rd so altogether i mean you can understand why this team literally is just straight up garbage because they don't have they don't have people like like i mean they have other guys i mean ali mcneil probably played more games but he was only 62nd i mean just like you look up and down and this this team was bad you know what i'm saying like yeah it's just it's just bad so you know in a few years we're like assuming dan campbell's the guy that we expect him to be right now right assuming going forward right dan campbell is is the guy he we think he is right now right we obviously think he's a good head coach a, you know good mind a good great locker room guy where do you expect the lions to be come not next season season after that where, where do you think they'll be I think they could possibly fight for a wild card spot. I mean, the thing is, likely two years from now, right, they'll probably be starting a rookie quarterback, I want to say, because I don't think they're getting one this draft. And it's, not, it's, not even, it's not even a good draft to get. I mean, like, what do you want? Like an average to below average quarterback with a very low upside and pretty much a low floor? Like, there's almost no, yeah. there's almost no benefit to that. Right. No, you're definitely you're definitely right. So odds are they probably have Goff again next season because he's under contract. I believe still correct. He's under contract until 2025. So yeah, he's gonna. I don't think, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone's making a deal for Goff anytime soon, and I'm sure it'd be ridiculously no. expensive to cut. So definitely next year, I imagine they'll have him. So two years from now, if they do get a chance at say maybe a Bryce Young or maybe a JT Daniels, if he's the guy in Georgia. Or you know any of these next elite prospects, I think you might have to unfortunately expect some more below average play because you're going to have a team coming off a deep rebuild and you're going to have a rookie quarterback. And we've seen this year, especially you know one of the most hyped rookie classes ever. You know they've largely struggled, so I don't yeah. think it's realistic to really expect two years from now playoffs i think if after you know year four or five it's not working then maybe you start to make some changes but i think dan campbell needs a chance to get his guy a quarterback right and at least two years with him before you can really say okay he doesn't have it and by the way i mean this isn't like one of those short rebuilds this isn't a one-year patriots rebuild where they say all right you know what we're gonna be average a season maybe we have an upside and then they go and spend 120 million in free agency this isn't like you know, a Minnesota Vikings, you know, short five-year, four or like three-year rebuild where, hey, you know, we're coming back. Like, this is a deep, deep problem. Like, Jared Goff is under contract until 2025. Like, that is insane. He is guaranteed $110 million. Like, I mean, th this is – we're talking about, like, guys like Trey Flowers – I mean, again, Jared Goff, we're at, we're at, it's 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025. I mean, he's going to be quarterbacking in this team unless the Lions want to say, well, hey, we're just going to freaking eat it. Like, because they might have to. I mean, there is literally, like, guys like Frank Ragnow, like, he's 25. By the time they get Jared Goff's contract is up, he's going to be like 29, 30. Like, who knows if he's going to be playing at the same level that he is now? Like, 
I mean, half the guys in this team, most of them probably won't be here by the time that Jared Goff's contract is up. The team itself, unfortunately, and I get I get their point, right? They want to draft picks. They're saying, like, fine, I'll, we'll take Jared Goff's terrible contract. And, you know, maybe he plays well, right? I mean, he still could, right? He did have some very good moments. But it's concerning because I don't think people really understand, like, this isn't like going to be a quick rebuild. This is going to take time. And that's really hard for Lions fans who literally haven't made the playoffs since um, Jim Caldwell was there, I think, in like 2016. This was a while ago, right? So this is tough. I mean, a Lions team that had Barry Sanders, who retired in his prime, Megatron, arguably the greatest receiver of, of the century, or maybe of the last decade, retires matt stafford maybe the greatest lions quarterback like ever leaves and they have like what like one playoff appearance and a loss to show for it or a couple on like no wins yeah i don't think they won a game in the playoffs i mean this is like this is difficult i mean their cap space is good they have i think they have 30 million expected cap space expected right which is good which is good i mean you can sign some players re-sign some players you know make some moves but this is tough. This is tough, Thomas. I mean, you really got to give Dan Campbell and you got to say, we're okay with literally being just a not very good football team. I mean, that, it's the only way you can do it because the Lions have just been mismanaged year over year. But uh, Dan Campbell, I think there's some hope. It feels like Detroit has some hope, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I would agree. I think if anyone would be able to pull Detroit out, out of the slump that they've been in. It would be a guy as crazy as Dan Campbell. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, this is like mismanagement to the just the highest level on yeah. a team. And, you know, <laughs> it's tough because you want the Lions to succeed because they literally haven't succeeded in so long. Like, it's like – you, you can't root against the Lions almost at this point. Like, I certainly can't. And they, they've literally been so bad for so long. And, you know, I just don't know, like, how patient is this Lions front office going to be? I mean, I feel like they got to be really patient on this one. I mean, Dan Campbell almost has his hands tied, right? Because I don't know how much he's going to be able to do next season with – likely a very similar team, right? They're going to have, I think, two first-round picks, so probably a defensive end and a wide receiver or, or another guy in the secondary. And you got to hit those. you got you got to hit those picks. I mean, we can't have, like, you know, any you – can't, you can't look like the Raiders and start picking, like, guys from the middle of nowhere like Alex Leatherwood. Like, they got to be – you know, you know what I'm saying? They gotta be solid picks, right? Yeah, for sure. So this is this is a tough one. Um, Thomas, like I know we're I know it's early, but like expectations for next season, like wh- what do you think? What do you think uh the Lions think Dan Campbell should be getting done next season? Yeah, I would say kind of not I, I would want a little improvement. I would definitely like to win some more of these close games for sure. I mean, I think a lot of it just came down to a lot of execution 
mm-hmm. where you know the talent level just isn't there mm-hmm. so hopefully you know you're going to want to see real development you're going to want to see returns on these high picks that they're going to have you know whether it be Hutchinson or Thibodeau or whoever they go with you want that guy to be a stud and I think if you could get six to seven wins, I think that would be a really good season. Realistically, they'll probably be closer to four or five. Right. But I think six or seven wins would be a real good season for them. And so I, I think I think four to five is probably where I, I would have them at. Let, let me run you through their opponents this upcoming season. So they play the, the Bears, the Packers, and the Vikings twice. We know that. They play the NFC East. So they play all those, all those teams, the Cowboys – uh, Washington football team, Eagles, and Giants. They also play the AFC, so they play the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets. Um, yeah. Then they have the Panthers, the Jaguars, and the Seahawks. Those are their other teams that they get to play. So okay. looking at it, I mean, it's not like a, a super difficult – it's not like, oh, my God, you know, they got – they got some wins there. They got winnable games. They played the Jets and the Giants. So, you know, those teams, Panthers probably, Jaguars, you know, what if Russ leaves Seattle? That could be a winnable game. Miami, yeah. they got Tua, and he's terrible, so they could win that game. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, if Aaron leaves Green Bay, they may be able to take a couple of one of those. They got one against the Vikings this season. Maybe the Bears, like – there are going to be winnable games next season. I think they had a very they did a difficult schedule this season. They played a lot of very good teams, a lot of teams that probably ended up in the playoffs. I mean, that's just kind of the way it happens. They played the Niners playoffs, Packers twice playoffs, Ravens eight and nine, Bears suck, Vikings went eight and nine. They lost to the Bengals, Rams, Eagles, Steelers. All those teams made the playoffs. Browns went eight and nine, Broncos barely missed. They beat the Cardinals, who made the playoffs. Like so, they played a lot of current playoff teams this season. You know what I'm saying? Like they played, yeah. they played some tough competition. I feel like, and you know, they look good. So hey, any final thoughts on uh, Motor City Dan Campbell? Uh just you know, I'm excited to see what he does next, and I'm always looking forward to his next sound bite. So hopefully, he keeps it up there. Hey, he lasts. He'll probably last longer than Joe Judge. Thank God, that guy. <laughs> That guy is a bomb. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Thomas for joining us here today. And uh, you'll hear me in the next one. Have a great day. The game on the line. One shot. Who would you rather have taking it? Iggy or Curry? Of everyone on Golden State. Open shot. Fate of the universe on the line. Or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. I want Iguadala.